Welcome to Modern Gnostic, Season 2, Episode 2. Today, we are going to talk about daily acts of resistance that you can engage in against the archonic forces that are attempting to enslave mankind. So grab your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and join us in the fight for freedom. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Modern Gnostic. My name is Brian Stanford. I'm your host, <clears throat> and always, I'm come as always, I'm coming at you. <clears throat> excuse me, from Asheville, North Carolina, with the <clears throat> beautiful woods in the background. Um, this is the second uh, podcast video. However, you're however you're um, tuning into this, um, it's our second episode since coming back, and uh, I'm glad for all the comments I've gotten from people who listened to the last episode, who uh, were glad to see us back and encouraged us to keep going. Um, it's a really interesting time we're living in, and it's easy um, to start to feel like if you are someone who is um, resisting this stuff or is who's seeing it for what it is, it can be easy to feel alone and um, isolated. Particularly, I would imagine if you live in bigger urban areas, um, more quote-unquote blue cities, um, uh, and uh, a lot of people don't have friends, don't have family um, who share their views on these things, and so it's it's really nice to see um, feedback. It's, it's nice to know that, that people get something out of this, and the plan is definitely um, to continue going. What I wanted to talk to people about today is um, instead of uh, kind of diagnosing the problem or totally focusing on that, what it occurred to me the last few days that I would like to talk about and focus on is uh, a little bit what people can do. What can we do um, in our daily lives? Uh, the sad fact of the matter is, is that um, a republic has largely, if not completely fallen. Um, the vast majority of our politicians are corrupted and out of touch and out of reach. And there's not a lot um, that we can do um, outside of, you know, election cycles when they come around, um, local activism, all of those things are important. But with the kind of techno-medical tyranny uh, that's coming in faster and faster almost every day, it can feel quite overwhelming. And I know I myself have been struggling um, with how you can exist in society right now and, and be a free person. Um, I think there's there's a couple of approaches that are um, important and fruitful for the modern Gnostic person. Um, the first one and the first thing that we always emphasize in at Modern Gnostic is the um, spiritual uh, solutions and the spiritual path. Um, ultimately, who and what we are is spirit soul. We are divine sparks made in the image of the creator. Um, we're inhabiting these bodies. Um, we will not always be inhabiting these bodies. We're inhabiting this current matrix of reality. We won't always be inhabiting this current matrix of reality. And I was uh, talking to a friend and a brother the other day um, who, like me, grew up uh, a lot going to the Hare Krishna temple. Um, the Hare Krishna temple, I think I've talked about this in previous videos was really kind of where I cut my teeth and, and was really in a, in a true sense, um, baptized, 
uh, into spirituality and into Gnosticism was through the Hare Krishna movement. And uh, the other night as I was going to sleep, I often will um, put on a lecture to listen to while I'm going to sleep. And it, it occurred to me, I really wanted to listen to a lecture of this man named Tamal Krishna Goswami, who was uh, one of the gurus who was frequently at the Hare Krishna temple that I attended when I was growing up. And so I put on one of his lectures. It was really nice to hear his voice. You know, I hadn't heard his voice in close to 30 years. That's how old I'm getting. Um, but I was listening to his message and, and it, it was hitting on those initial points that I heard at the Hare Krishna temple when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. And that is, we are not our bodies. We are spirit soul. We are, we are, we are, um, beings made up of a divine substance. Um, and there's nothing in this material world that will ever feel completely right and completely satisfactory to us because we are meant for another world. Um, uh, we are meant for relationship with God um, and with the, the angelic beings and the ascended masters, whatever words you want to use. Um, if we're seeking our happiness and satisfaction here, we're always going to be disappointed is the fundamental message. Um, but interestingly, um, and a man I'm going to quote today, Albert Pike, who was a Freemason and a Scottish Rite Freemason, Freemason uh, pointed out that even though that's the case, uh, part of the path is to try to perfect this world as much as we can, even though we know that we're not going to do it. Um, so the first thing that we can do to get free is realize who and what we are and really center ourselves in that knowledge and have you know more than just an intellectual knowledge of it, but an actual gnosis or a real knowing, kind of like in your bones, so to speak. And you know, how do you do that? I mean, there's there's thousands of techniques for doing this. What I recommend to people is to develop a, a daily practice of meditation and prayer. So, for example, myself, I start out every single day with um, a series of meditations and prayers that all center around me realizing again and experiencing the feeling of you no know, actually what i am this consciousness of what i am this i am consciousness um, is not limited to the body and then saying prayers and and saying um, statements and affirmations that reaffirm that and really setting that as the basis for my day i also do that around noon every day. Um, as I've talked about in previous videos, you know, you can start your day off with meditation and prayer and then kind of by the time you get to your lunch break at work, um, you've probably gotten pretty far spun out from where you started out in the morning. So it's nice to have a short uh, meditation or prayer that you can do in the middle of the day to kind of recenter yourself and then doing it again at night before you go to bed, before you're, before you're, you really kind of disengage from the bodily consciousness and have more of a contact with the inner realms to remember again, and to, to restate who and what you are. And also the prayer aspect of giving thanks to our, um, divine creator for this experience of consciousness and being that we have and for the world that we live in. Because even though there are some horrible things happening in the material world right now and a lot of really hard, um, bad and dangerous tyrannies coming down in the Western world, um, we still live in a beautiful place and there's still beautiful things that we experience. And um, even in the midst of the darkness of this, the setting in of the tyranny, we can pray and I pray for the thankfulness to 
to um, have the opportunity to try to embody the knightly virtues and fight on the side of light and good. So that's the first thing that you can do, and it's probably the most important thing you can do. But the other thing that you can do and that I wanted to talk about today is daily um, instances of rebellion against the tyranny that's sinking in. Um, I, I joke to myself every time I do this, but it's, it's a funny little thing, right? In modern Gnostic, we always have to have our tasty beverage, and I'm still on the, the chai tea and the Egyptian licorice that I talked about last time. It's a great tea for the fall and even for the summer if you throw some ice in it. It's really, really refreshing. And don't think Egyptian licorice is going to be like black licorice. I don't really like black licorice. The licorice in Egyptian licorice is much more um, akin to like if you've ever chewed on licorice root. It's like the one of the things they used to sweeten root beer. It's really nice spice. So uh, anyway, back to the message. Daily little acts of resistance. And before I want to get into giving some examples, I want to read a quote from Albert Pike um, talking about this, the very thing that I'm going to talk about. And here I'm quoting from Pike. He says, edicts which emanate from the mere arbitrary will of a despotic power, contrary to the law of God or the great law of nature, destructive of the inherent rights of man, violative of the right of free thought, free speech, free conscience. It is lawful to rebel against and strive to abrogate. For obedience to the law does not mean submission to tyranny, nor that by a profligate sacrifice of every noble feeling, we should offer to despotism the homage of adulation. So Pike sets out in, in so many of his writings the idea that it is the moral and and even more than that the spiritual um mission and responsibility of man to fight against despotism and tyranny um, and we know from reading so many people alexander solzhenitsyn is an example um victor frankl is another example uh, there's plenty of these examples that as these kinds of tyrannies set in the main thing that that people need to do is resist them at the earliest stages. Um, you could use, you know, any kind of analogy you want to use. I'm going to use a jujitsu analogy because I practice jujitsu. Um, in jujitsu, if someone gets you in a rear naked choke, right, um, it's a lot harder to fight out of that choke once it's fully set in across your neck. It's a lot easier to escape getting choked if you fight the choke from the moment your opponent is trying to set it up. And we are, we are kind of in that stage right now. And depending on where you live, the choke might be sunk in a little, little bit deeper and in other places it might not be. Um, but regardless of where it's at, the time to resist, I believe, I'm convinced, is now. Um, here where I live in Asheville, North Carolina, what the sink level of the choke looks like is the um, – local authorities are forcing all businesses to require patrons to wear the you know silly mask um, and what that looks like on the ground here in Asheville is all these businesses have a sign up on their door and some of them have signs plastered all across their doors and windows and you should probably just avoid those people altogether and not give them your business uh, 
but a lot of places just have this one sign. And I think they, they put that up. Uh, so if the, the state apparatchiks come by and see that they have the sign, they're in compliance and they leave them alone. Um, when this started happening in Asheville, the first round of all of this kind of stuff, I was like, you know what, I'll wear my mask. Um, I want to I want to be a team player. I want to help if, if the mask keeps me from spreading or keeps me from getting. I want to do it. I want to try to protect people. But this is just not the case. And if you if you if you take the time to do research into the mask studies that they point to for all of this, um, the science is it's not well established. It's not fact. It's not what they try to make you think it is. Um, this is very shaky stuff. And there are some studies that seem like it maybe does a tiny bit. There's some studies that say it doesn't do anything all. And there's some studies that say that wearing the mask actually might be worse for you, the wearer, and doesn't do anything to keep you from spreading or catching, particularly the Delta variant, which um, you know seems to just shoot through the mask. So the second time the mask man mandates came around, I just decided I, I was done. I, I was not complying anymore. I was not going to wear the mask. And I thought that I was going to run into a lot of problems and be refused service in a lot of places. And actually, that has not been my experience at all. My experience has been that most places put this thing on the door, but they don't really want to enforce it. And um, um, I've joked with people that, you know, you kind of walk in and you see the person behind the counter and they kind of have the mask sitting on their chin and they start to pull it up. But then when they see you don't have your mask on, they kind of pull it back down again because they don't want to wear the damn thing either. And they know it's ridiculous as well. Um, and when I say it's ridiculous, you know, one of the things you see in restaurants here, and I'm sure you see it where you live, if they, if you, you know, if you are unfortunate enough to live in a place that's the local government is so um, tyrannical that they're enforcing these mandates is, you know, you walk into a restaurant and you have to have the mask on as you walk from the door to your table. But when you sit down to get your food, even before your food's there, you know, when you sit down at the table, you can take your mask off. But if you get up to go to the restroom, you know, you have to put it back on and go to the restroom again because what COVID only spreads at five feet and it doesn't spread at three feet. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's not science. It's not medicine. It's all about humiliation and compliance. Um, I've talked before about my experiences in prison. And, um, and so I feel like I'm, I'm hyper uh, vigilant against this kind of thing. And you would see this a lot in prison. You would see rules that make no sense from the perspective of um, any kind of efficacy for anything, but but rules that were just there and they, and they seemed arbitrary. And I'll give you an example. Um, I started taking college classes when I was in prison, not because I wanted a degree, but because I was really just kind of interested in taking a, an anthropology class and taking a history class and, you know, doing some studying and, and having the experience of going to school. But I also learned that uh, I was in prison in Texas, and at that time, maybe these numbers have changed, but at that time, the recidivism rate for prisoners was somewhere around 85 to 87%. Now, if a prisoner got um, a high school equivalency uh, degree while they were in prison, so a GED or something like that, their recidivism rate dropped down to 50%, right? If a person just 
took some college classes, didn't get a degree, didn't finish a degree, anything like that, just signed up for and engaged in some college classes, their recidivism rate dropped down somewhere to 15 to 20%, right? Just startling to see um, the effects on rehabilitation that, that education had on the men that were in prison. And you would think that the guards and the prison administration would just grease the wheels for people to be able to take high school equivalency and take college classes. But what I learned when I tried to sign up for college was that was actually the exact opposite. The guards and the administration um, um, pointed out and selected the college students for extra harassment um, just to go to a, a college class in the prison. And at the time I was going to college classes, I was in a, a trustee camp, which is the lowest level of security. You'd never saw guns. There were no bars. There were no fences. The only fence around the trustee camp that I did the last years of my sentence at was a barbed wire fence to keep the cows that were grazing on the land outside the trustee camp from coming in and grazing on our softball field, right? Um, so we would leave the trustee camp and walk to the main prison unit to go to college class. And I would get strip searched when I left the trustee camp. Okay, maybe that makes sense. I walked to the main prison unit. I got strip searched before I came into the main prison unit. Okay, that makes some sense. I walked 50 feet to the next gate. I got strip searched again. I walked to the back door. I got strip searched again. I got to the classroom. I got searched again. And then all of that happened on the way out, right? And you've never been strip searched. Um, it's a humiliating experience. It's meant to be a humiliating experience. And it's conducted in a humiliating way by some of the worst people on the planet. Um, they would also harass the teachers. They would leave them standing outside of the prison in the rain, make classes intentionally be late. Um, they would confiscate our books. They wouldn't let us store them in our locker. They said that wasn't up to code. So you'd put them under your locker. They'd say that wasn't up to code. You'd come back and your books would be confiscated. You wouldn't have any materials to study. They would tear up your homework, throw it away. I mean, it was just, it was vicious and it was horrible. And I can remember sitting in my bunk and thinking, why, why are they doing this? And I would talk to my dad about it and say like, in visit and say, why, you know, like we know this is going to keep guys from coming back to prison. Why are they, why are they? enforcing these rules. And one night I, I had an, a Gnostic awakening about it. And I realized it's because they don't want you to stop coming to prison. Prison's not about rehabilitating people. Prison's about breaking people and, and making them worse and sending them back out to commit crimes so that they come back to prison. It's not at all about rehabilitation. If you rehabilitate yourself in prison, um, that's a, a Gnostic Enlightenment move. You've broken free of the archons. It's not what they want. They put every barrier in your way to keep that from happening. And I realized then these rules are functioning only to inculcate submission and humiliation. And when I see the mask thing at the restaurant, I know what it is. They're inculcating submission and humiliation. They're making you follow a rule that you know is ridiculous and that they know is ridiculous. And we all know that the other person knows that it's ridiculous, but you have to submit. There have been countless instances. I know you guys have seen them and you know, who knows, maybe when I get better at video editing, which I don't do any at all, um, hit me up in the comments if you would like to help out with video editing. Um, I don't do, I, I don't know how to do video editing. Um, I'm kind of a Luddite when it comes to technology. That's why you see me like hitting play before these videos start. But if I got good at video editing, I could include in here tons of, 
you know, little pop-up examples, but you've seen them of um, the parties that the rich and famous have, the, the gatherings that they have where the, the people who make these rules are attending, they're not wearing masks. They're not socially distancing. The rules aren't for them. They're for you because they're not about science. They're not about medicine. They're not about keeping people safe. They're about obedience and humiliation. They're about training us to be prisoners and slaves. And I know that's a, that's a real shocker. It's a, it's a, the red pill gets stuck sideways in your throat to realize that, to realize that the people who are in charge of us are designing rules and practices that are only meant to enslave and control us. But that's what's happening. That's why you have to put your little mask on when you walk to your table, but you can take it off when you sit down, but you got to put it on again if you walk to the bathroom. Um, that's why your little child uh, has to wear a mask at school all day long, even though anyone using common sense could know that a five, six, seven-year-old child, they can't properly wear a mask. They're going to touch it a hundred times. They're going to pull it down. They're going to blow their nose in it. It's going to be gross and disgusting, and then they're going to breathe that in all day. But they humiliate you so much, and they, they have us over the barrel so hard that you have to strap that mask on your child and send them to school. And there was a recently released video that was just horrific of these absolute ghouls and demons um, forcing this little boy who's about three years old in preschool, right, sitting there playing with blocks, forcing him to have the mask on as he cries and, and screams and snot's coming out of his nose and they're forcing the mask on his face. Even though we know children aren't vectors of this disease, they're not dying of this disease, they're not at huge risk from this disease, but it's not about that. It's about submission. It's about training slaves. It's about oppression and tyranny, and we have to resist. So how do you resist? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you what I've started doing. I don't wear the mask. So like I said, I, I've, I, I go out to eat. I go out to eat with friends. Um, I, I try to support local business with my money because I know they've had a hard time. They were forced to close their doors as these um, technocrats uh, attempt the controlled demolition of the economy. But the businesses that have struggled and stayed open, I want to support them. I want to go spend my money there. Uh, I want to go eat out there. I want to grab take out there. I want to do all of that. And so I've just been going to places and I go in without a mask. And thus far, 99% of the time, there's been no problem. Yesterday, I encountered a problem. I, I'm not going to name the business. I'm not trying to cause anybody um, trouble or anything like that, but I went into an establishment. I didn't have a mask on. The person behind the counter said, do you have a mask? I said, I don't. They said masks are required. And I just asked them, I said, are you going to refuse me service because I don't have a mask? And the person said, yeah, that's the rules. I said, okay. And I turned around and left. Um, and that's that. You know, uh, You don't have to spend your money there. Let those places fail. They should fail. I hate to say it, but they should. If you want to be complicit in this, uh, if you want to be complicit in what's happening, you should pay a price for that. You should pay an economic price for that. And I think we're seeing in places like New York, I saw an article the other day that something like 30 businesses that are enforcing the vaccine mandates in New York are seeing a 30 to 40% reduction in their customers. And if you look at the brave people in France and in Australia and in Spain and in Italy who've been resisting this, what, what people have been doing is going to these restaurants that require a vaccine passport and actually setting up tables in the street in front of the restaurants and bringing food and eating together as a community. 
and those restaurants are just empty because people don't want to deal with that. And, and, and these people should know if you want to, if you want to be complicit in the tyrannical takeover of uh, the West, then you should have to pay an economic price. Your business shouldn't be successful. Now, one of the things that I've immediately encountered in my campaign of resistance is how awkward it feels. You know, it's really, it's really, really hard because, uh, because what you'll probably find if you're going out with a group of friends uh, is that most people are okay with putting the mask on. They're like, ah, oh, what's the big deal? You know, I put it on, I go sit down, I take it off. I don't like it, but what's the big deal? I want to eat here. And I've been trying to have, you know, conversations with friends, not being confrontational, but really trying to communicate and saying, yeah, I understand. I want to eat here too. But uh, just as a thought experiment, what policy would you not follow? Let's say if they said, you know, only whites can eat here. Would you be like, well, hell, you know, I know I don't really like that. I'm not a racist, but I just, you know, I really, this place has a good burger. I want to go, you know, most people immediately say, no, no, I, you know, I wouldn't do that. Um, well, why, why are you doing this? You know, most people see the mask thing as ridiculous. Why are we complying? Um, and a lot of people, I think, think that if we just comply, we'll get out of it. You know, if we just do what they tell us, It'll go on for a little while and then it'll 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 pass. The COVID thing will pass and we'll get back to normal and it'll be A-OK. -okay. Um, it's who doesn't want to think that, right? Uh, but ask yourself this. The last time you went to the airport, did you have to take your shoes off to get on the plane? Could you carry a water bottle onto the plane with you? Could you have a full bottle of shampoo? When was the last time you had a TSA agent rifle through all your stuff, throw things away that you had that you didn't realize was against regulation? The whole reason that we supposedly take our shoes off was a, was a, or, or keep the, the little bottles of liquid to a small thing was one person reportedly tried to make a bomb of liquids that he had brought into a plane 15 years ago. And you're still taking your shoes off and can't bring your water bottle on the plane. You're still having them, you got to stand in the little thing, let them patch you down, let them run the wand across your body. You have to watch them pull the World War II veteran aside for a strip search because, yeah, it's just the rules. It's just what happens when you fly. It's become a normal part of our life. That was supposed to be temporary. The Patriot Act was supposed to be temporary. It was supposed to be a temporary reaction to what happened in 9-11. It changed the whole world. None of it's been temporary. None of it's been rescinded. It's only deepened and gotten worse. So if you think these COVID regulations are going to go away, you're, you're deluding yourself. Um, they never – you lose your freedoms. You're not getting them back. The only way this stuff goes away is when we stop complying. The only way this ends is we stop complying with it. And God forbid the time comes that we actually have to fight, but that could happen too. The state's not just going to give us our freedoms back. They never, they never do that. They never give back. It's not how this works. And it's not how these masks are going to work. It's not how the vaccine passport stuff's going to work. Um, and if you're living in a place that has the vaccine passports, I would highly suggest leaving. I would highly suggest moving. Um, go somewhere where that's not going on. Uh, and if you're living in a place like I live, we have, believe it or not, we have restaurants and bars in town that on their own are enforcing vaccine mandates. These businesses should fail. Do not, do not, um, <laughs> do not become your own prison guard. You know, don't build the walls of your own prison by participating in these things. Uh, 
If you're a vaccinated person, that's great. Lots of people have gotten vaccinated and feel very good about their decision. And I think people should be free to take the, the vaccine if that's what they want to do. And if you've done it and you have your vaccine card and you could use your vaccine card to get into your favorite bar that's now requiring it, you know what? Take the hit for everybody else and don't do that. Um, I read something on Twitter today from David Frum, this neo neoconservative who was like, what's the big deal with vaccine passports? You know, I just traveled to Spain and it was just a QR code I had to put on my phone and boom, boom, boom. It was super easy. It was super smooth and super easy. It wasn't a hassle at all. What's the big deal? As if that's the big deal, as if our convenience is the big deal. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's it's funny, but the immediate thing that came to my mind is that old uh, you know, the old adage about Mussolini made the, the trains run on time, right? It all worked. What's the problem? What's wrong? What's wrong with fascism? My job's great. What's wrong with, with uh, totalitarianism? I, I can travel easily. I just show them my papers. They let me write in. No, this is not how Americans are supposed to live. This is not how free people are supposed to live. And as I started off the video saying, it can feel very overwhelming. What can you do? What, what, what can you do as just one person? But what I figured out is you can resist. Um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, uh, in his wonderful um, article, Live Not By Lies, talks about the resistance you could have during the Soviet tyranny, right? Massive tyranny. But the, the one thing that a, a person whose soul was really free could do is don't let that tyranny exist by you. Don't engage in the lie. Don't tell the lies. Don't tell the lies that you have to tell to just go th smoothly along. You know, don't wear the mask. Don't comply. If they won't let you come into the restaurant, go find another. Find a person who supports your ideals and your freedoms. Find a business to support that um, is for the freedom of the people to, to live as free people. Uh, and and I, for people who have children in school and the schools are doing this, I don't have children. I don't know what to say about that. My heart goes out to people and I pray about it all the time, but I would say do what you can to try to find another place and go to the school board meetings and, and try to resist. We have to try to stand up and resist. As, um, as Pike says in this thing, uh, it's, it's, our, it's lawful for us to rebel against these kinds of things. And I think, you know, most people generally are law-abiding people. We want to be law-abiding people. I want to be a law-abiding person. I don't go out of my ways to break laws. But as a free people, we have to realize that when unjust laws are put in place, laws that are put in place to do nothing but bring in tyranny, it's our duty. It's, it's our duty to rebel against those things. As, a, as a, I think it's a saying from the revolution of 1776 that um, disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. And I think that's a deep Gnostic mantra, really. Um, we are being obedient to our true nature, to who and what we really are, and to our creator when we refuse to bow to tyranny. And I wanted to close this video with a, another quote from Albert Pike. Um, and he says, the power of a free people is often at the disposal of a single and seemingly an unimportant individual. And what I take from this is that the small daily actions that we do as individuals have an effect. The little acts of resistance, 
training your muscles to stand up and say no has a has a profound effect that you can't you can't just see you know it's easy to think that we're just individuals and that we don't have a big effect on people but as jordan P peterson points out we're like nodes in a network like everything i do resonates out to people all around me and resonates out from them to people all around them in these little acts of disobedience and standing up for freedom for our freedom for our god-given rights and our 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 rights and responsibilities as free people is to do this, is to recognize that what we do matters and that no matter how small and how unpowerful we may feel, we can have a big effect by these little acts, these little acts of resistance and nobility and virtue um, have ripples that you can't imagine. Uh, the last thing I want to do is, is comment on a, uh, on a comment that was made on the last video. And I don't remember the person's name who made the comment. I'm sorry, I probably wouldn't use the name just because I don't want to like point people out. But if you look at the last video, you can see the comment. I don't have a lot of people that watch these, so there's not a ton of comments. But uh, I think what the person said was that um, when I said I was being radicalized, that what that really means is is MAGA, right? It means I'm a Trump supporter, a MAGA guy. And um, and I just wanted to say to that person, if you're if you're listening to this video, and I really hope you are, I hope you keep listening, um, is that uh, that is such a caricature of of what's going on, you know? Um, the MAGA thing, it, it's such a media manipulation of what's happening. Uh, like I, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't. He doesn't seem to me like a man that I would want to emulate. Um, and neither is Joe Biden. Um, I don't consider myself a part of either one of these people's political movements. Um, I would like to see America be great. Uh, hell, I'd like to see America go back to what it was two years ago. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm somebody, I mean, I don't know what that person thinks when they say that, that like, you know, someone walking around with a Trump flag or, you know, whatever the, the mainstream media, um, images that they're using to demonize um, right-wing populism. It, it's it's, um, it's kind of silly, but since you said that, I, I will say I do identify more and more as a right-wing person. You know, I'm, I'm not a white nationalist or racist or any of these kinds of things, but I'm definitely not left-wing. That seems like madness to me now. Um, I've considered myself kind of a liberal my whole life. Um, I've considered myself left-wing most of my life, and, and that stuff to me has just gotten insane. Um, but to caric caricature people as MAGA, I would just say um, you're, you're seeing such a tiny frame. Like if, you're, if, you're, if you have an interest in what's going on in the sphere of the right, there's so much more you could be looking at than just um, – the mainstream media, which gives you these caricatures of people. So I assure you, I'm not, I'm not your vision of, of MAGA. And the only reason I'm responding to the comments is I, I feel like this is something that happens a lot with kind of dissident thought these days is that the, the media creates these nice little shoeboxes that we try to put people into to say like, oh, he's one of those and that means this. And therefore I can just completely cross out what that, what that person is. And I would just say, don't fall for that. You know, one of the things I've, I've been thinking about so much is that that line from the matrix, like, wake up, Neo, wake up, um, wake up, wake up from these frames uh, that they're, they're, 
they're building for you to see the world through. Take the glasses off that they've strapped to your face. Um, that's not the reality. Thank you, everybody, for watching and continuing to watch. Uh, please like and share the video. Um, like and share the podcast. Uh, one of the things that you can do, what kind of started me on this path of even doing making videos, is like find people who make stuff that you think are forwarding the freedom of the human race and share that stuff with people. Like we have a few levers we can pull and one of those levers is social media. I mean, there's a lot of toxic stuff that goes on in social media. You can avoid that. Use it as a tool, you know, use it as a weapon, um, use it as a, a, a way to get free. If you like these videos, share them. If you, if you, if you don't like these videos, don't share them. I don't know why you're watching if you don't like the videos, but um, if you like these, share them. And, and don't just share my stuff, share other people's stuff too. Like get these ideas out there. Um, become a part of this uh, revolution for freedom. You know, we all can do something. We all can do something. And I guarantee you, if you start doing something, that feeling of powerlessness will dissipate. Because like we said at the beginning of the video, who and what we are is spirit soul. And we're here to fight on the side of light, to fight for the liberation and freedom of humanity against the forces that want to enslave and degrade that. You know, take up your, your sword in that fight. Uh, be a knight. Um, be a shield maiden for the light. Uh, it's, it's an incredibly invigorating and powerful thing to do and it fights that feeling of helplessness i pray that you all have a wonderful week uh, that you that you find a program of meditation and prayer that you like you can always reach out to me if you're looking for ideas or if you just want to say hello you can find me on social media you can comment in the youtube comments i'm going to try to start replying to comments i'm interested in getting to know people and and building networks so thanks for watching, and uh, I look forward to making another video, hopefully in a week. <laughs>